Greetings, everyone. Welcome to Ujima Spirit Podcast. I am your host, Tika Taylor. Today's topic is, what type of heart do you have? What is the condition of your heart? Now, we hear a lot of people talking about taking care of themselves. And when they say they want to take care of themselves, they really emphasize on the physical aspect of who they are. We have a lot of people who are into better health practices now. We have more advanced technology so people can physically recover from certain illness or disease. We have people who are into more self-care. They're running, they're eating more healthier, they're going to sleep earlier, they're practicing more hydration, drinking water, they're taking walks out in nature, getting more sunlight. They're doing all the things that they need to do to physically take care of their body. And that's an excellent thing. That's an amazing thing because you really cannot do anything else unless you have a healthy body. Now, you can do other things, but if you have physical pain in your body or you have physical illness or you have physical disabilities, it's going to really create a lot of hardship for you. It's kind of hard to be positive. It's kind of hard to be enthusiastic and, you know, just ready to go and conquer the world if your body is sick. So being mindful of your body's condition is absolutely the first step in having a healthy life. That is just a given. So today we're going to be talking about taking care of your heart. That's the topic. How do you take care of your heart? Not just your cardiovascular health in terms of physical heart. We're talking about your emotional heart, your spiritual heart. That's what we're going to be discussing today. Now, it's easy for someone to go to the doctor and get all type of medical tests to determine if you have a healthy heart. They can do an EKG. They can do blood work. They can give you an MRI. They can give you a body scan to find out exactly what's going on with your physical heart. That's so easy to do. As long as you have the money, you can go into any medical facility and they will definitely do a heart screening for you or a complete body screening to find out exactly what's going on. So let's talk about how do you get a screening for your emotional heart, for your spiritual heart? How do you do that? How do you take care of of your emotional and spiritual heart. And a lot of people don't think about it that way. They don't understand that there's always a emotional and a spiritual component to our bodies. We're not just physical. We're not just flesh and tissue and blood and DNA. We have a spiritual and an emotional component to ourselves. And obviously there's a mental component as well. How do you assess what's going on with your emotional and spiritual heart and even mental heart? Because we do have emotional intelligence. 
Now, emotional intelligence is when you're able to use your emotions to assess a situation before you make a decision. A lot of people think that all they need is to be intellectual in terms of the mind. But the heart has a mind of its own. And that's why we call the heart's mind emotional intelligence. So we have intellectual mental intelligence, and then we have emotional intelligence. So getting back to the subject at hand, how do you assess your heart's condition? Now, there are ways that you can determine what type of condition your heart is in. And it's very simple. One of the ways that you can assess your heart's condition is to find out what type of emotions are you dealing with. What type of emotions are you harboring? What are you holding on to? Now, the things that you are holding on to, the emotions, the feelings that you are holding on to, those things are going to tell you the condition of your heart. What is actually happening within your heart? Now, we're going to experience different emotions. That's just the way it is. Life comes with emotions. Emotions are basically our indicators of what is going on in our lives, in our bodies, in our worlds, in our relationship. That's what emotions are basically telling us. Emotions basically are a guide. They let us know where we at, what we're feeling, why we're feeling it what we need to focus on, what we need to change, what we need to do. That's what emotions are all about. Now, if you are in a state of chronic anger, then you have an angry heart. You have an angry heart. Now, if you have an angry heart, that means that you're holding on to a lot of pain. You're holding on to a lot of baggage. You're holding on to a lot of resentment. You're holding on to a lot of things that brought you a lot of problems. You're holding on and you have a lot of unresolved issues. Because if you have an angry heart, that means that you've been experiencing some things that obviously weren't pleasing to you. You have a lot of problems, right? So some people, they don't know that they have an angry heart. And so you have to really kind of do a self-assessment to find out if you're chronically angry, you just hold on to anger. You get angered easily. Any little thing, you get ready to blow up. You're always on the edge. You're always ready to fight. You're always ready to attack. You're always ready to defend yourself. You think that everybody's out to get you. You think that life is always going to be rough. It's going to be unfair. It's going to be miserable. It's going to be depressing. So you have an angry heart. So if you have an angry heart, then your angry heart needs healing. You need to heal your angry heart. And one of the ways to heal your angry heart is to find out the source of your anger. Where did this anger come from? 
when did you notice that you had an angry heart? And the symptom of an angry heart literally is you have a heartache. That's where angry heart comes from. Your heart hurts you. Of course, physically it's not going to hurt you, but in some cases it can show physical symptoms. People have chest pains, which come from stress, and stress come from harboring negative emotions. So if you feel like you always have a pressure on your heart area, just feel like somebody's just pressing down on it, and you've gone to the doctor, they've done different tests for you, and physically your heart is fine. That means that you may be suffering from an angry heart. That means that you have a lot of unreleased, unprocessed anger that's sitting right there on your chest, pressing it down, making you feel like you can't breathe. Sometimes people experience short of breath, shortness of breath when they are angry. They have all type of discomfort in their chest. Feel like, you know, like they are going to die. Like they're going to have a heart attack. And some people actually go to the emergency room. And when they check them out, they say, physically, your heart is fine. And usually they say, well, maybe you're having a panic attack. Or maybe you're experiencing high anxiety or high stress. That comes from an angry heart. Now, if you're experiencing these things, please go get medical assistance. Don't just sit there if you have sharp pain in your heart. Oh, I'm just experiencing an angry heart. No. (laughs) Go to the doctor immediately. If you have to call 911, go. Because you may be having a heart attack. Right? So, once you get a medical clearance, you know that you're not having a heart attack, then you could pretty much kind of conclude that I have an angry heart. And that's the reason why I have all this physical problem or I have all these symptoms right so an angry heart you have to learn to let go of the anger and the way that you let go of the anger is to find out again what caused the anger did somebody violate you and you're holding on to that were you abused as a child were you physically abused emotionally abused sexually abused If you were, then it's time for you to deal with that unresolved issue. You have to. If you don't deal with that, your heart is going to continue to hurt. You're going to continue to experience that anger. Did you feel violated emotionally in some way? Did somebody take you for granted? Did somebody use and abuse you? Are you a victim of domestic violence? Are you being harassed at work? Are you living in a toxic environment where people are constantly agitating you? Are you in a dysfunctional, unhealthy relationship? All those things will cause an angry heart. And the only way that you can relieve yourself of that angry heart is by you confronting the problems and finding a solution. Now, if your angry heart came from things that happened in the past... Obviously, those things are not present right now. They're gone. There's nothing you can do about it. You can't bring those things back. You can't bring these people back to confront them sometimes. Because some of these people that hurt you are dead. Some of them moved on. You know, they're, they're somewhere else, physically somewhere else, another location. You'll never be able to find them again. 
All right. So in that case, you may have to go ahead on and write yourself a letter and put all the things down that you're angry about. Everything that that particular person or group of people, your family, whoever. Okay. Whatever happened to you, write it down and release it. Let it go. Write down how you felt when those things were happening to you. Write down how you felt after those things happened to you. How those things affected your life. Write down all the stuff that you missed out on because you experienced this violation or this pain or this type of negative experience. And once you write all that down, you're going to go ahead on and tell yourself that, hey, I'm releasing all of this and I am letting it go. I am letting it go. Those things happen. There's nothing I can do to go back and change them. I'm not going to continue to hold them in my heart. I'm not going to continue to go ahead on and fester on those things. I'm not going to just let those things take over. I'm not going to let those things rob me of my joy and my peace. So when you have an angry heart, you have to learn to let it go. You have to learn to let it go. And once you let it go, then you will see the difference. You can breathe again. You won't feel that pressure on your chest. You won't feel that burning sensation in your chest anymore. You won't feel like something is just squeezing your heart. So it's important to let it go. Now, if you can communicate with the people who hurt you, maybe you have family members who are still around. You have uh, ex-boyfriend, ex-girlfriend, ex-lovers, ex-husband, or they may still be in your life. If you can talk to them, if you can't, that letter you wrote, you can share that letter with them. If you can talk to them and it's safe, you're not going to be placed in danger. You're not going to be placed in any harm's way. Then make it your business to talk to these people. Now, when you talk to them, don't expect anything from them. Don't expect them to change. Don't expect them to understand what happened. Don't expect them to ask for forgiveness. You're talking to them just to release the anger that's in your heart. You just want to let it go. And that's why you're talking to them. Don't expect nothing. Because if you expect anything and they don't do exactly what you expect, then you're going to get more angry. You're going to have more bitterness. You're going to have more resentment. So if you don't expect nothing, all you're doing is letting it go. If you can do that, then by all means do it. If you can't do that, then go get some counseling. Go get some therapy. Be part of a support group. Whatever it is that was bothering you, whether it was because you was a victim of incest. There are support groups for victims of incest. If you were a victim of domestic violence, there are groups for victims of domestic violence. If you were abandoned by your parents, you have abandonment issues, and that's the reason why you have an angry heart. There are support groups for people who have been abandoned. If you were adopted and you hold anger in your heart because you feel like your parents didn't want you and they gave up on you. There are groups of people who are adopted who want to find out what happened with their parents, why they were given up for adoption. If you were a victim of rape or sexual assault and you holding on to that anger, 
Why did this person do this to me? Why did they violate me like this? What did I do to deserve this? Or sometimes you have the guilt because maybe you, you befriended that person. Maybe it was date rape with somebody you knew and you felt guilty for allowing that person into your life, even though it's not your fault that somebody would violate you in that way. But because of some of these reasons, people do harbor anger in their hearts. They hold on to that anger and they have an angry heart. So it's important to learn to let go. Now, the last step is allowing yourself to forgive these people. For some people, the reason why they have an angry heart is because they cannot forgive these people who hurt them. Now, forgiveness is not for everybody. Forgiveness is done for you when you're ready to forgive. When you're ready to forgive, that's when you forgive. Some people are not ready to forgive, and that's the reason why it's not for them. At that time, they're not ready to forgive, and it's okay. But when you're ready, when you confront that problem, that pain, when you deal with that heartache, then maybe you can entertain forgiving because you've actually dealt with it. But if you haven't dealt with that problem, you haven't confronted these individuals, whether you do it directly or indirectly, you haven't gotten counseling, you don't seek any type of emotional support to help you go through this stuff. Of course, you may not be ready to forgive anybody and that's okay. But once you do all these things, then you will heal your angry heart. You will heal your angry heart, right? That's how you find out your emotional and spiritual heart condition to find out what type of emotions are you holding on to, all right? Now, let's find out another type of heart. Some people have a fearful heart. If you find yourself always afraid, you have heart palpitation, you're nervous all the time, you're anticipating the worst case scenario. You always think somebody's going to backstab you or betray you or hurt you. You're fearful. Now, you know, if you're experiencing these intense fears, these phobias, these irrational fears, then you know that you may be experiencing a fearful heart. We have a lot of people who live in chronic fear. They're constantly afraid. These people stay nervous. They always have heart palpitation. Their heart is working extra hard because they are in that fight or flight mode. They're in that survival mode. They always think that something's going to happen. So if you experience this, then you have a fearful heart. You always think something bad is going to happen. You're afraid that you're going to get hurt. Somebody's going to abandon you. Somebody's going to use you. Somebody's going to hurt you. So you have a fearful heart. And the people who have a fearful heart is because they've been exposed to a fearful environment. Growing up, maybe they were victimized in some way. And they think that they're going to be re-victimized again. So they live in chronic fear. People who are, again, victims of domestic violence, victims of incest, victims of rape. They may develop a fearful heart. The people who don't develop an angry heart develop a fearful heart. So now they're in a chronic state of fear. Now, some people, this is not a pass. 
They go from one unstable environment to another unstable environment. And if you live in an unstable environment or it's dysfunctional, you live in an environment where there's a lot of violence, you have no peace. Something is always happening. Somebody's always getting mugged. Somebody's always getting beaten. Somebody get raped. Somebody get robbed. If you live in that type of toxic environment, of course, you're going to have a fearful heart. No matter what you do, you're going to have a fearful heart. Now, if it's not something that happened to you in your past that caused this, it's something that's happening currently in your environment. Physical environment, or it could be happening in your relationship. If you are in a relationship where you are afraid of your partner, you live in chronic fear. You don't know what they're going to do to you. Are they going to lie to you? They're going to cheat on you. They're going to hurt you. They're going to abandon you. They're going to neglect you. They're going to exploit you. They're going to take advantage of you. You live in chronic fear. And if you're worrying all the time, worrying leads to fear. You're worried. So if you are in a relationship where there's no stability, of course, you're going to have a fearful heart. You're going to have a fearful heart. If you had a job where there's no stability, where any minute you can get fired, any minute your boss can come in and interrogate you and harass you and make you feel small, of course you're going to live with a fearful heart. This is what happens when you have no stability and you feel unsafe. You don't feel secure. This is what happens. So you're living with a fearful heart. When you experience these things, you know that you're living with a fearful heart. So there are things that you can do. Now, we have two types of fears. We have imaginary fears, fears that don't exist. This is a product of your mind, whether it's due to intrusive thoughts, whether it's due to something that you saw on the television screen, something that you heard on the nightly news because you have a lot of bad news being broadcast. And these things will create imaginary fears, meaning that they're telling you, watch out, this is going to happen, that's going to happen, this is going to happen, that's going to happen. You know, and you're not even living in that environment where these things are actually happening. So they project those things into your mind and now you're living with imaginary fears. You think, yeah, I'm going to get beat up. I'm going to meet an abusive person. I'm going to get this disease. I'm going to get this sickness. I'm eating this bad food. So imaginary sickness, things that are not going to happen. But because you have been given information about these things, now you think that they're actually going to happen. So now you're living with imaginary fears. And those imaginary fears can sometimes be irrational. Things that will never happen. You're walking around, you know, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a, a victim of uh, rape. You may never experience that. There are billions of women on this planet who never experience rape. And they never will. All right? So sometimes you have fear of the fears that may not happen. Now, it's possible, but it's less likely. The probability is probably low. Right? I'm going to get hit by lightning. I mean, it's one out of a million. The probability is very low that you're going to hit by lightning if you live in certain areas. So these are imaginary fears 
or irrational fears because the probability is so low that it may never happen to you. Then we have the fears that are perceived. You perceive danger. You think something's going to happen to you. And that's not true. There's no basis in reality for this fear. You pass by somebody and you hold on to your purse. You think you're going to get mugged. You're going to get robbed. That's a perceived fear. But that's not true. The person passed right by you don't even look at you. And then we have an actual fear where there is something in reality that's an immediate threat to you. It's an immediate threat or it's a long-term threat. So yeah, those things are real. Those things are real. You have reason to be afraid. So you need to take precaution because something bad may happen to you, right? So a fearful heart is a heart that's always full of fear. So you have to identify what type of fear are you experiencing? Is it an irrational fear, imaginary fear, a perceived fear, or an actual fear? So once you determine those things, then you can act accordingly. If it's something that you're imagining, you can reassure yourself that this thing is not real. It's imagined. And we need to stop listening to all this negative messaging. Negative information is being put out there. People will live in chronic fear, especially the news. People listen to the news when they first wake up in the morning. Fear. They listen to the news when they come back from work. Fear. They listen to the news after they relax and eat and get ready to go to bed. Fear. So you're being bombarded by fear throughout the whole day. So for you to heal your fearful heart, you have to eliminate all this fear-based programming. All this fear stimulation that you're getting from your environment. The only thing that you have to deal with is the actual fear. And if you live in a place where you are in chronic danger, the best thing to do is try to move from that area if you can. If you can't move from that area, then go ahead on and find ways to develop plan a plan to protect yourself. If it means that you have to take self-defense classes, if it means that you have to, you know, get a buddy system to help to help you whether to help you when you're going someplace alone. Hey, I need somebody. I need somebody to come with me. I'm not going to walk in that dark alley by myself. Or I'm not going to walk in that alley at all. It's preventive measures. If you live alone, maybe you need to get a roommate so you won't be alone. That's your buddy. Get a roommate that you can trust. Some people may have to go get some type of weapon training so they can be licensed to carry a gun because they do live in a violent, violent society. And I'm not advocating people go ahead on and take the law into their hand and and shoot people. I am not advocating that at all. All I'm saying is that for self-defense purposes, if you live in a very volatile environment, then if it's legally possible for you to obtain a weapon, then do so. That is your right. In the United States, that you have the right to legally carry a weapon if you meet the criteria. So we're talking about ways that you could relieve your fear. You could eliminate your fear or you could reduce your fear so you can stop having a fearful heart. Very important. Fearful heart. That is something that a lot of people in the world are living with. Now, There are people who are living in war zones. 
There's nothing they can do about that. There's nothing they can do. They're living in a war zone. And they live with a fearful heart. There are people who live in abject poverty. They're afraid that, hey, I may not eat today. They're afraid I can't get my basic necessities. They're afraid that I'm going to be homeless. So these are real life issues that cause fear. And within those things, there are ways that we can find some type of comfort, some type of assistance, some type of help that we can reduce the fears. Sometimes we can't eliminate the fears, but we can at least attempt to reduce them. That is very important. Now, let's talk about this. In pure heart, in pure, we have people who harbor a, harbor a lot of negative emotions. You know, a lot of negative emotions. And one of those negative emotions is a jealous heart. If you have an impure heart, you can have a jealous heart. Some people are so jealous, jealous and envious. They don't want nobody to have nothing. And they even want to be the one to have everything. Jealous and envious at the same time. That is an impure heart. So let's just focus on the jealous heart right now. If you always get upset, or become agitated or frustrated when you see other people getting stuff and you think that those people don't deserve those things. These people didn't earn it. Therefore, they're not supposed to have it. And you think that everything should be for you. You have a jealous heart. And you need to go ahead on and find out why you have a jealous heart. Because jealousy is a sign of insecurity. So if you're chronically jealous, that means that you feel insecure. You feel that something ain't good within you. That something ain't right with you. Maybe you feel inferior or you feel less than. You feel not good enough. And that's the reason why whenever you see somebody have something, you want it. Or you feel like nobody should progress. Nobody should get anything. Nobody should get ahead. Everybody should always be behind you. You're seeking to be the one that's better than everybody else. That is a jealous heart. And jealousy also can be a lack of trust. Maybe somebody did you dirty in the past. Maybe somebody violated your trust. And now you're jealous. When it comes to relationship, you're jealous. You don't want your partner to be without you. Because you want to be in control. You want your partner to do everything you say so you can make sure that they don't get involved with anybody else. You don't trust them that they're going to make the right decisions. They're going to be faithful. They're going to be monogamous. They're going to be truthful to you. You don't trust them. So when when we talk about trust, it's not just trust dealing with, oh, you think somebody's going to cheat on you. Trust involves other areas as well. Trust involves, hey, I'm going to trust that person is going to make the right decision. I'm going to trust that person is going to protect me. I'm going to trust that person is going to be supportive. And if you have trust issues, that's a problem. That's that impure heart. Now, some people could say, well, you know, some people have a reason for them not to trust people. Of course they do. 
But if you are with someone and you can't trust them, the best thing to do is not to be with that person. Now, we can look at it another way. Instead of you not being with that person, find out why you can't trust people. Why? And why did you choose that particular person that you knew wasn't trustworthy? Or why are you staying with a person you know that's not trustworthy? Right? But trust is something that we all need to have in order to have a healthy relationship. And if we can't trust someone, then we question our relationship with that person. So if in order for you to get over your jealousy because of the lack of trust, then you need to find out where did this all come from? And once you find out where that's coming from, then you resolve that issue. Then you can get rid of that jealous heart. A jealous heart. You got you to gotta really think about it. Stop. When you start feeling that jealousy, why this person have this and I don't have it? You got to stop and think about it. That jealous heart. You don't know what people go through in their lives. You don't know what they had to do to get what they have. Sometimes we see a person with a nice car and, you know, we think, oh man, they got a nice car. Why they got a nice car? You don't know how many hours they had to work. Some people had to work 80 hours a week. They're doing two jobs just to get that car. Some people had to sell their body. They had to become a prostitute to get that car. Some people had to neglect their health working so hard and doing things that are not good for them just to get that car. Some people had to sell their souls to get that car. Some people had to neglect their children and their spouse just to get that car. So when you see a person with something, don't be jealous. Don't be jealous. You don't know how they got it. And if you want it, all you got to do is set a plan in motion for you to work, for you to do what you need to do to go ahead on and get that car. We see people with promotions and we're so jealous. Oh, I deserve that promotion. I should have got that promotion. Again, you don't know what that person did. Maybe they had to sleep with the boss. Maybe they had to stay till 11, 12 o'clock at night at work for them to be able to get that promotion. Maybe they had to suffer bad health. They suffer from anxiety and stress and, you know, obesity and all type of problems because they're not taking care of themselves because they're trying to get that promotion. So if you have a jealous heart, you need to stop and think about it because there's no reason to be jealous. Everybody have their own gifts and their own abilities, have their own opportunity. Stop being so insecure. Jealousy is not a good trait. Because a lot of people kill people because they're jealous. They harm people, injure people. They abuse people because they have a jealous heart. So if you have a jealous heart, you need to get rid of that. Right? Another form of impure heart is you have a perverted heart. Some people have a lustful heart. They're always being sexually aroused. And these people, unfortunately, some of them had some past sexual trauma. Maybe they were raped. They, maybe they were a victim of incest. They were sexually assaulted. Maybe they experienced some type of sexual experimentation when they were kids. Maybe they were exposed to pornography or other perverted sexual acts. 
And because of that, now they have a lustful heart. Lust. Every time they see a person, they want to have sex. They want to get sexually aroused. They want to be sexually stimulated. They have a lustful heart. Very lustful. They're always thinking about sex. Some people have it so bad, they masturbate 10 times a day. That's a lustful heart. This is very serious. A lot of people don't think about this. Some people are suffering from a lustful heart. Whatever it is that you feel intensely about all the time or by default, this is something that happens all the time. Of course, you have other emotions that you feel in throughout the day. But if this particular emotion is dominant, then this is the type of heart you have. You have a lustful heart. They're always having sexual thoughts. They're always using sexual innuendos. Everything has a sexual connotation. Everything is sexualized. They're always trying to think of ways to have new sexual encounters. These are the people who like to go hook up. They go to the hookup apps, sexual apps, dating sites, and they're looking for people to have sex with. Casual sex, anonymous sex. These are the people who are sexually reckless. They have a lustful heart, a very lustful heart. These are the people who are the perverts. Now, if you have a lustful heart, you have to find out what happened to you because it's not natural. It's not normal for any human being to have a lustful heart. A lustful heart, again, is something that's happening all the time. Now, it's natural for people to want to be in a relationship and for them to engage in sexual activity with their partner. That's a natural thing. But when you have a lustful heart, it doesn't matter who you have sex with. You're not trying to commit to nobody. You're not trying to build no healthy relationship. You're not trying to use sex as an emotional expression to let someone know how you feel about them. No, you're just perverted. Now, you have to find out where did this perversion come from? Again, go back to your childhood. Were you a victim of incest? Were you a victim of sexual experimentation with other children or with people who are older than you? Were you a victim of child molestation? Somebody molested you. Were you a victim of rape? Were you exposed to pornography at a very young age? Were you raised in a household where you saw your parents having sex? Some parents let their children see them have sex. They're reckless. They're careless. They leave the door open. As a young child, the child is there witnessing their parents have sex. Or you have single parents. You have mothers who allow their children to see them with multiple men. Men come in and out, in and out, in and out. They hear their mothers having sex. You have fathers who are very promiscuous. Their daughters see them with multiple women. Or their sons see them with multiple women. And some of them try to groom their sons. Hey, I'm preparing you for the day. So when you become a man, so you can do what I'm doing. So these children develop irrational ideas or irrational concepts of sex. They perceive sex in a perverted way. So they develop a lustful heart. This is how you know you have a lustful heart is when you always wanting sex. So how do you deal with a lustful heart? You got to find out why. And once you go back and find out why you have a lustful heart, 
Why are you addicted to pornography? Why are you a sex addict? What's going on with that? Once you find out and you resolve these issues, then you will no longer have a lustful heart. But most people can't do this by themselves. They need help. Whether you get counseling, you get therapy, support group. They have support group for sex addicts. They have support groups for people who are addicted to pornography. They have support group for people who are victim of incest or victim of rape. Any type of sexual perversion that you have, you can get help. You can get help. A lot of people are ashamed of coming forward to say, hey, I got a sexual addiction. Some people feel guilty because they have a sexual addiction. So you don't need to feel ashamed or guilty. Get help because you have a problem. It is an emotional or a mental problem or both. All right. So we're dealing with the heart right now. So you definitely have an emotional problem if you are preoccupied with sex. You have a lustful heart. And this is something that is a problem, a serious problem. We have people who are married, who are in a, quote, committed relationship. They're dating or they're living together. They have a partner, but they still have a lustful heart. Just because they are in a relationship doesn't mean that they don't have a lustful heart. And sometimes they're not stepping out of the relationship to have sex. Sometimes they're doing it within the relationship. They're putting a strain on their partner because they're demanding sex all the time. They're engaging in pornography while they're in the relationship. They're lusting after people. They want to have sex with other people. Sometimes they bring a third party. They have, they have what they call threesomes. Sometimes they get involved in sex clubs or orgies because they have a problem. So if you have a lustful heart, it's definitely a problem and you need to get help so you can clean out. You can heal yourself from this lustful heart. Right? Now, let's do another one. Unsettled heart. Unsettled. Basically, insecure heart. If you're unsettled, you're insecure. Some people have an unsettled, insecure heart. They don't feel comfortable in their own skin. They don't feel at peace. They don't feel stable. They don't know if they're coming or going. They're not afraid. It's not a fear. They don't have a fear for heart. They're not afraid of anything, but they feel unstable. They don't feel like they're grounded. They don't feel like they're where they need to be. These people are constantly searching for something. They constantly feel like they're missing something. They're full of uncertainty. They worry a lot. They're not afraid, but they're, they're worried, not out of fear. They worry because they're not stable. They're not where they want to be. So if you have an unsettled or an insecure heart, you need to find out what's going on. You need to find out what's going on. What's causing you to feel so unstable? Is it because you came from an environment where you didn't have any type of stability. 
you came from an environment where everybody was dysfunctional, toxic, unreliable. They weren't trustworthy. And if you come from that type of environment, of course, your your heart is going to be insecure, unsettled, because you really don't know what's going to happen. We have children with dysfunctional parents who are constantly being moved from home to home because the parent was unstable. Maybe they were unstable because they were drug addicts, substance abusers, or maybe they had mental health problems, or maybe they were living in poverty. So they kept moving around from home to home, from post to post. Post to post. And because of that, that child developed a feeling of instability, insecurity. They feel unsettled. And this is what they developed. They developed an unsettled, insecure heart because this is what they've been exposed to. This is, this is the lifestyle they've lived. Now, children who are abandoned by their parents, neglected by their parents, they also may develop an insecure or unsettled heart. Because if the very foundation that they had was unstable, they couldn't depend on their parents to be there, to to love them and nurture them and provide for them and give them comfort and direction and guidance. If they didn't have that, then it's going to be hard for them to feel safe and secure knowing that, you know, everything in life is going to be all right. They they didn't develop that, that foundation of security. So now they're walking through life with an insecure, unsettled heart. They're always anticipating of things are going to change rapidly. They don't really ever really want to settle down anywhere because they always think that any minute something could be pulled from them. Their whole life can be disrupted. Their whole life can be completely changed in one day because this is this is what they're familiar with. These are the people who are afraid of making a commitment. They're afraid to commit in a relationship, a monogamous relationship. Because they're afraid that if they do settle down, if they do give their heart to someone, so to speak, they do share themselves, share their world, they feel that that could be taken from them. And the pain that comes with that, the hurt that comes with that, they don't want to feel that. They don't want to experience that. So that's the reason why they'd rather just wander from place to place, wander from relationship to relationship, from job to job, from neighborhood to neighborhood. These are the wanderers. These people never feel settled. They never feel at home. They don't have a home. They don't have a home, not in just in a physical sense, but in a emotional sense. They don't feel that they could just put roots down in one place. Now, another reason that caused this as well is a lot of children who are raised in the military, Because their parents are always moving from place to place. And sometimes uh, children who are victims of human trafficking or war zones or natural disasters, they get moved around a lot. People who are part of refugee communities, sometimes they have 
an unsettled or insecure heart because of the chronic moving around, the chronic instability in their environment. And people who are also living in in violent environments because they feel unsettled and insecure as well. Not just because they're afraid, but because they know that anything can happen at any time. They don't want to build a nice little nest to have somebody come and tear it down. So, you know, they kind of live out of bags, so to speak. These are the people who don't mind, you know, like crashing on a couch. They're not trying to have a nice bedroom with pretty this and pretty that and pictures on the wall because they know that could be taken any second. So if you have an unsettled or insecure heart, you need to find out why. Maybe it's some of the reasons that I stated. And then you have to learn how to detach from that past because it's over, it's done, and try to establish a sense of security and stability for yourself. And if you can't do that by yourself, obviously you need to get some counseling. You need to get some help. Now we talk about the negative states of the heart, right? But let's talk about now the positive states of the heart. We have people who have a loving heart. Now that is healthy. When you have a loving heart, you're able to love other people. You're able to accept other people for who and what they are. You're able to forgive people for their mistakes, for their weakness, for their vulnerability. You're able to love yourself, forgive yourself for your weakness and your own vulnerabilities and your mistakes. You're able to find love in the world, no matter what's going on. If you are a loving person, by default, You have a loving heart. If you are a caring person, you love to help people, by default, you have a loving heart. If you see the glass as half full instead of half empty, if you are a very optimistic person, most likely you have a loving heart. If you're a person that believes in giving people second chances, Because they're human and they have their flaws and they can come back and they can choose to do better. Then you have a loving heart. So having a loving heart is very, very good. And we do live in a world where it's very difficult now to have a loving heart. Because on the opposite end, we have people who have a lot of hateful things that they experience because they experience a lot of hate they develop a hateful heart they hate everybody and usually again like I said earlier that hate comes from unresolved anger that hate comes from being victimized being exploited being used being abused living in a world that's not fair a world that doesn't promote justice peace and equality that's the reason why people develop a hateful heart they hate everybody Again, it's because they're angry. An angry heart produces hate. They go hand in hand. Now, a lot of people can go from having an angry heart, a fearful heart, an impure heart, an unsettled heart, insecure heart. They can go and eventually develop a loving heart. The same way that you could take medicine to deal with your cardiovascular problem. Any type of medical problem you have in the heart, 
there's medicine, there's treatment, there's help. The same way when you have an emotional problem with your heart, you can definitely get help. You could definitely transform yourself. You don't have to stay with that impure heart, fearful heart, insecure heart, anger heart, angry heart, bitter heart. You don't have to stay with those things. Unforgiving heart, unclean heart. You don't need to stay there. Love, love is the solution. Love is the solution. Having a loving heart will eliminate all the other heart conditions, all the other negative heart conditions. When you try to obtain a loving heart, that is definitely a personal journey. It is a journey that is based in spirituality. A lot of people, when they get into spirituality, different spiritual practices, this is how they learn to develop a loving heart. They're able to transcend. They're able to rise above all the hate, the anger, the fear, the suffering, the pain, the disappointment, the frustration. They're able to rise above that. They're able to learn to detach from these things. They're able to learn to let go. It's not easy, but it's definitely possible. Now, you're going to have to put in the work. If you want to develop a loving heart, you have to put in the work. There's no way around it. You're going to have to be willing to go through the dark night of the soul. You don't know these things are in your heart until you allow yourself to feel. A lot of people don't know what type of heart they have because they completely block themselves from their emotions. They completely block themselves. They completely detach because they don't want to feel. Feeling is so hard for them. It's so painful that they just completely block themselves. But if you want to obtain a loving heart, you're going to have to allow yourself to go through those painful emotions that you're harboring inside your heart, inside your emotional heart, inside your spiritual heart. You're going to have to face those demons, so to speak. Demons are nothing but negative energy, negative programming, negative conditioning, negative experiences. You're going to have to allow yourself to feel those things. And that is what's called the dark night of the soul. Those emotions are coming up because they are asking to be released. That's why you feel the pain. The pain is there telling you, listen, you got you to gotta face me. That's why you feel the fear. The fear is there. You got to face me. The hate is there. You got to face me. And once you're able to face those negative emotions going through that dark night of the soul, then when you come out of it, you're going to come out a much better person. You're going to come out a healed person. You're going to come out of that a forgiving person. But you have to be able to face those difficult periods in your life. Things that happened way back in your life, way back when. Your childhood traumas, past relationships, 
past disappointment. You got to be willing to go through that. And once you get past those things and you learn those valuable lessons and you're able to integrate yourself, because what happens when you experience all these negative emotions, you're broken up. Your, 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 your heart is broken up to different pieces. You have the heart, that part, emotionally speaking, we're not talking about physically speaking, obviously, but emotionally you're broken up. Your heart is broken up. You got that little hate right there. You got, that's a part. You got that fear. That's a part. You got the insecurity. That's a part. You got the bitterness. That's a part. You got the lust. That's a part. You, you all over the place. Your heart is broken up. And when you find your way back to self love, you're able to integrate your heart. You're able to go ahead and get rid of all those segments, all these compartments, and you're able to bring your heart together as one. You're able to be whole now because you're able to let go of all those things that were dividing your heart. You're able to bring everything into synchronicity. You have accomplished that task that most people can't do. You're able to have a loving heart. Now, all people start off with a loving heart. Children come into this world with a loving heart. Now, it's the things that happen to them that tears them apart from that love. The trauma, the suffering, the disappointment, the fear, all those things traumatize their heart. So people are traumatized. Their hearts are traumatized. That's the reason why they can't achieve a loving heart because they have heart trauma. And this is why they say you suffer a heartache. All right. The condition of your heart. What's your diagnosis? You've been diagnosed with a heartache. And people literally can die from having a heartache. People can literally die from a broken heart. This is where that, 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 that phrase comes from. A broken heart. Because your heart is broken. It's not whole. Love makes your heart whole, healthy, holistic, balance, peace, joy, all those things make you whole. So yes, so you don't want to have a broken heart. You don't want to have a heartache because literally you can die. People suffer from broken hearts and they die. And it can manifest as a heart attack. It could manifest as a stroke. It could manifest as other diseases in your body. When you have a broken heart, you have a lowered immunity. That means that you're more susceptible or vulnerable to having infections, diseases such as cancer. So a lot of people are dying from a broken heart and they don't even know that they died from a broken heart. They're just putting medical diagnosis. But originally they had a broken heart and that's the reason why they became more vulnerable to having all these other sicknesses. All right, so hopefully this podcast has helped people realize that they have to assess the condition of their emotional heart. You have to find out what is it that you are harboring in your heart? What are you holding on to? What is it that you need to let go so you can achieve a loving heart? Please make that 
the priority for you in your life. Make it a main priority for you to develop a loving heart. Because once you have a loving heart, everything else is going to automatically fall into place. Your life is going to become healthier, better, and more enriched. Thank you.